I'm the little engine that could Gotta keep going till I get out the hood There's no such thing as get out for good But I gotta get out the woods It's the Blair Witch Project This is the process But I won't let y'all stop my progress Dudes on my block are the fools in Congress I got hot spit still making profit Check, check my dialect I'm a prophet I see the future Welcome to True Jack Show I'm here with my boy Matt, Brian, and Evo But we got a special guest here The one, the only Mickey Fax you know what I mean? Like, look at how he like. He's already ready, man. Now, Mickey, <laughs> what we like to do here in New Jersey, we're based in New Jersey, so we like to reach out from like I know you're from the Bronx and stuff, but like we like to reach out to everybody who's who 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 is a recent rapper, a battle rapper, or whatever who's in that culture. Give them their story. You know what I mean? Like, so tell us about your story. Tell us about a young Mickey Fax, how you got into hip-hop, what music changed your life, what album changed your life, how you got into it, man. So let us know. Um, all right, definitely. Uh, the first hip-hop record I heard was uh, Ain't No Half-Stepping by Big Daddy Kane. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and, you know, that uh, I was about eight years old when that came out. And, you know, that was like a life-changing kind of thing to hear what I was hearing, you know what I'm saying? It was different from the gospel and the R&B that my mom was playing at the time. Right. Um, and then from there, you know, my passion for hip hop just kind of grew. Um, you know, obviously, you know, as a kid, I was listening to Criss Cross and- Oh God, like what a that. great album, Totally Crossed yeah. Out. <laughs> totally Crossed Out was crazy. Do you remember every word to I Missed the Bus? Cause I do. I don't. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then uh, I mean the first the first uh, album that I ever purchased was Into the Thirty Six Chambers by Wu Tang. Wu Tang, yep. Um, purchased that, and then what really got me into hip hop um, inadvertently it was East Nineteen Ninety Nine by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Wow. Uh, okay. Nice. I would I would write I would write their lyrics out um, and recite it at school, um, and then from there I would start doing parody songs off of like. Uh, Jay-Z songs, um, and then I started writing my own lyrics in like 1998. Um, so from that point forward, that's when I got into it, you know, so that's how I, I got into hip-hop. How, how old were you when you started writing your own lyrics? Because we used to have a rhyme book, we used to pass around high school, and like, looking back on it, the lyrics were so bad, but you know, you did it, you tried, so how old were you when you started? I was 16 when I started writing my first rhyme. 16 years old. And did you have the multis in or did you, were they corny lyrics? Can you look back on them? And are you like, do you get the chills? Like, Oh my God, I can't believe I wrote that stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, I know. I mean, the first the first rhyme I ever wrote was the six expresses the best player haters is vex pull out my text. Cause they play me too close. Like next, they need to back up before they get smacked up and get wrapped up. I always get the victory. I always get the victory. Just ask puff. I smack wow. up any MCs who trying to act up. Niggas be fiending my lyrics like they sniffing crack up. It's that thug cab renegade who busts facts. You know, but I was. I have to say that's way better than my first. The <laughs> <laughs> rap, no yeah, one would right? pay a fee, and I shine like someone highlighted me. Oh my God. <laughs> that was way better. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> I was always nice, B. Like, I was always it nice. sounds like it. You ain't gonna lie about that. Yeah, it man. sounds like it, man. So, Brian, I know you got some questions about his recent mixtapes or freshman 2009. Yeah, so, well, no, I, I wanted to ask you this, too. What made you change, choose the name Mickey Fax? Hmm. Um, 
I was going by the name Renegade for a long time. And I chose the name Renegade not because of the definition of what a Renegade was, but I chose it because I liked that I was able to rhyme a, a plethora of words with Renegade, like Gade, Shade, Grenade, Stain, Pain, Rain, Blame. Like, I can do so yeah. much. So I was like, yeah, I want to I wanna go by that. Um, but I realized, like, um, as the game was changing uh, around 2004, 2005, you know, I was like, I don't know if Renegade is gonna is gonna work. So I uh-huh. decided to change my name to Mickey Facts. Mickey comes from Natural Born Killers, Mickey, Mickey and Mallory. A lot of people think it comes from the the the, the Disney character, but it actually comes from Mickey and Mallory. Mallory, mm-hmm. and Mickey would die for Mallory and vice versa. So I treated Mallory as hip hop. Facts is all I wanted to talk about. So that's where that came from, and I spell it with a Z because the S just kind of looked a little yeah, yeah. weird. So the Z kind of gives us some stylish points to it. So that's where the name of the facts came from. Okay. Okay. Now you now you did you did a lot of uh, a lot of like your earlier stuff. You did um, you you did most a lot of songs on the uh, the NERD beats. Yes. Did you did you do that purposely to try to get the attention of like Pharrell or anything? Yeah. At the time, like I sampled, I chopped and sampled a lot of that that music back in. 2006 yeah. which was kind of unprecedented to kind of just take their records and find the yeah. quiet spots and loop them and then take the choruses so i did that to definitely get the attention i wanted to be signed mm-hmm. to star trek at that time um he eventually did hear the mixtape because it, it was causing so many waves yeah. on myspace during the time yep. and uh but i never got signed to star trek it was just a mutual you know appreciation for what i had did to the music that was all yeah, but, you know, it did boost you, though. That's, and that's oh, yeah, what's yeah, important, yeah. you know? It Absolutely. gets that attention on you. It gets that focus. So you Absolutely. said that you bought the 36 Chambers album, the Wu-Tang, but are there any other artists who really influenced you? Like, all right, like us personally, like being white dudes from the East Coast, once we walked out of 8 Mile, that was it for us, if I'm being right. honest. Like, I want a battle rap. That was <laughs> the next party. I became a battle rapper somehow. Right, right, it was right, just right, like, right. And, and, you know, like, so was there any artist that, like, or their album you heard or song and you were just like, this is it. You know what I mean? Well, you know, being a hip hop artist, I can't really pinpoint it to one particular artist because around that time, there was so many different styles that were coming out that was intriguing to me that I took a liking to. So, you know, I could definitely credit it was written and and, and Mm -hmm. nomadic and ready to die and, uh, you know, return of the Dirty Six Chambers by ODB. Um, the Coming Pause by Busta Rhymes, uh, Life After Death, uh, Cannabis when he was bugging out on all of them tapes back in the days. <laughs> by the way, I think it's um, an unfair rap. Just to, sorry to cut you off, but like Cannabis to me, like in the late 90s, mid 90s, I feel like if that LL shit didn't happen, I mean, we'd be talking about a whole different Cannabis. Mm. I, it, it's a shame. I don't know. I don't all know right. if we would be, t- I don't know if we would be talking about a whole different Cannabis. I okay. think, um, I think what happened was going to happen regardless because really? what what he yes that was going to happen regardless because he people who love lyricism obviously we we know he beat LL like he beat yes. LL yes um, I agree with but, that yes yes but the issue was he, <laughs> he didn't know how to make music okay. so it, it didn't really matter you know like he he was spitting these incredible verses but he was not relatable to any human being on earth he couldn't make a song. 
he couldn't make a song. It was just like even even when he was talking about being born, he had to throw scientific terms in there. And it was just like okay. you know the average person is not that smart. So like as much as I agree with you, because if he would have just stuck to being a, a this lyricist that would go on other people's songs, he would mm -hmm. be categorized as one of the greatest ever. But once he put out those albums, there was nothing. There was nothing there that kind of stuck. So even with his cult following, there yep. was nothing that just kind of rang bells and stuck to the mass majority, like a red man, you right. know what I'm saying? Um, who also, Muddy Waters was also uh, great for me in, the, in those times, a lot of early Joe Button graphs, you know, so a lot of that, it, it's, a, it's a compilation of different things. Um, Holocaust, who was down with RZA during the time. You know, it was just a lot. It was so many MCs that I took from and, and, and was inspired by to create the style that I had. Now, was there, there, was there any other musical influences? Like, uh, we had John Connor on. He actually mentioned Hall & Oates, oddly enough, which, you know, was awesome. But, like, is there any non-hip-hop, like, influential artists that you could, like, pinpoint to? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I listen to a lot of R&B and gospel. So, like, John P. Key, Kirk Franklin, um... I liked, you know, tonight was a was an example. Bit Babyface and Teddy Riley, you know, saying that was those they ruled the '90s with the New Jack Swing, Mike, Michael Jackson, um, and then you know later on into the 2000s, obviously N.E.R.D. I started listening to Daft Punk before Ye and them was doing it. Okay, uh, all right, you know, so things like that. So like, it it, it varied between EDM, alternative rock, um, and then you know gospel and R&B. Nice. Right. Because, you know, not even to cut you off, but because, you know, at one point, like, my parents didn't have BT, we had MTV. So waiting around for hip hop to come on, like, I was wait, I would wait around just to hear Slam by Onyx. And, and when you're waiting around to watch it on a regular MTV channel, a lot of rock was playing so like i got right. into Nirv i got into nirvana i had gotten into green day i had gotten into aerosmith i had gotten into guys like that because that was being played on on mcv while i'm waiting to hear onyx so i started digging and diving into those uh sounds a little bit more and it's more set you know things like that, that was, by the way yeah you know, i think that's an advantage though honestly like because you're yeah. able to like infiltrate them and by the way alanis morissette with jagged little pill <laughs> i just gotta throw that out there what a great album in the 90s i'm just incredible hit after hit on that fucking album on jagged little pill shout out to Alanis Morrison there absolutely absolutely no, but that's really cool man like and so you had like onyx you'd wait for like i remember the one dude i forget his name i'm sorry i'm drawing he was in sunset park growing up right Pedro Star, Pedro. Yeah, yeah, he was in Sunset Park with Danny DeVito's wife. So that's really cool, though. How like, but I think that's an advantage. You could take the Nirvana, Green Day, and kind of implement it into your music, man. Like, it's not yeah. just like a one thing. Like, so that's real. Yeah. Man. I mean, I, I think that also helped me when I was doing the NERD stuff because I didn't do right. the studio versions of those albums. I did the rock versions of those albums. Mm -hmm. So you know, it was easier for me to transition because I was already listening to you know that style of music. You know? Right. Any oldies you're into, like let's say the Four Tops, the Beatles, things like that, who influenced you? Nah, nothing I mean, like that. Not to the extent of me being super fan, a super fan right. of it. Like it was more of an appreciation. Mm -hmm. So like you know, a lot of the, like Al Green and Marvin Gaye, maybe, but like it, like and Stevie Wonder, you know, mm -hmm. but nothing like 
nothing like the Beatles and stuff like that to the point where I would be like, let me throw this Beatles on. Let me throw this Hall & Oates on. You know what I'm saying? It's shot, yeah. shot, kinda, it just wasn't something that I was pretty <laughs> to do. Uh, me neither. It's not like my ringtone will go off right now and it's a Beatles song. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, whatever. yeah. Absolutely no, not. Absolutely. I'm lying. Mine would. See, that's where I'm I got a question for you. Now, you, you went to law school, correct? Yes. How close to you? How close to being a lawyer were you? Uh, I dropped out the first year. Really? Okay. I couldn't take it anymore. Like because wow. at the time I was working at a law firm, and the lawyers there were miserable, and I was like, I do not want to do this. <laughs> they were no, working that's, nine, that's, nine and That's nine. good that you could recognize that shit early on because a lot of people just stick with it, and they'll be miserable their whole fucking lives, and they won't want to do it. They'll regret it. They'll look back and be like, man, why don't I just quit this shit and go after what I wanted? Yeah, I, I saw that early on, man. And I think me working at a law firm, you know, helped me to kind of see what the attorneys was going through. And obviously it was a bad firm that, you know, abused, you know, their their employees. But I still, you know, I shouldn't have seen that because I saw it and I was like, this is not something that I personally want to do. These guys are working nine and now making 40 to 45 thousand dollars a year as an attorney. Yeah, uh, no. this is not this is not my life, especially with those student loans with that shit. Too. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I opted out of not doing it. God bless, man. It's a good thing you like. That's what more people need to do, though. Like, it, I'm sure if you like speak to younger dudes coming up, like just pursue what you want to do. You know what I mean? Like, be happy with what you're doing. Look, man, Wig, we all got full time jobs. I do this on the side as a hobby, but I enjoy it, man. Never right. lose passion for that shit. You know? Right. No, I agree. I agree what completely. You love to do, even if it's a hobby. So I gotta ask you, like, how'd you get on the freshman? Because when we were 22, 23, like the freshman sort. I know Cronin was about, Matt was about that. ask this. Sorry, Matt. Like 2009, <laughs> double XL, like the, the freshman of the year. How'd you get on that? How'd you get noticed? Is there a story for that? I mean, I was uh, at the time that this happened. So they had did one freshman cover before I was, and that was the Crooked Eye one with Crooked Eye, Lupe, Fiasco, uh, a couple other guys, Joel Ortiz, and it was, it was uh, it was a cover that didn't do well at all. Right. Which, by and the way, you just named three amazing artists. Which yeah, is yeah. those are three of the th like three out of three great rappers. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it didn't do well. Like it didn't right. do. It didn't make any sales. Nothing happened. So you know, two flat, fast forward two years later, like when it came to the internet, like I basically had took over. I was one of the most Googleable artists, new up and coming artists in two thousand and eight. Mm -hmm because I was putting a song out every week. So every it was just, right. so it was like by sheer mass numbers and quality, like it was like supers? this kid is this, yeah. yeah, Supers came out automatic. You know, I was just, I was everywhere. Like I had had the record with Drake when nobody knew who Drake was. Um, yep. I had did, uh, I, I was just, I was on a rampage basically. I did the incredible record where, mm -hmm. you know, people kind of treated it like a Millie um, and everybody was doing freestyles off Incredible. Yeah. And then, you know, on my birthday, Double XL called me and was like, uh, listen, we're doing another freshman class. And so far, you're the second person that we chose to be on it. First person that they had ready to go was Wale. Right. And, yep. and they were like, yo, we're picking you as the number two guy. We're still looking at other names, but right now it's you and Wale. And I was just like, this is insane. You know what I'm saying? So that was a big, that was a big deal. And that was July. I got that call. I, that issue came out in March of 2009. 
You know? yep. So it was a big deal for me, man. It was, it was, uh, it was, it was humbling on so many different levels because I, I collect, I collected the double XL magazines my whole yeah. life, you know what I'm saying? And, and then to be on the cover of one was, you know, words can't express that. You know what I mean? I, I will say like, as far as like what they put out now, like, Looking back on that class, Asher Roth, you, um, Charles Hamilton, B-O-B. I think was on there. Bob, like maybe, like yeah, yeah, you're right, Brian. Yeah, Bob, like the, the, as far as like lyricism goes, and me and Brian did us uh, before this show was anything. We were just doing it for my parents' house. Like we did a Lost in the Mix series, and we did one on Asher Roth, and like you know, as looking back on it, that class was real talented, man. Like, as lyricism goes, like, I don't think anybody appreciates how good you actually raw, and even me. Like, I'm one of the biggest critics of myself, Mickey. Like, right. I, I, when Asher Roth came out, I was a white rapper trying to make it. I was bitter. I criticized them more than anything. <laughs> Ask Brian. Like, I was just like, this guy stinks. Hated him. Because, like, as a white rapper, you were like, I need a white rapper to be as good as Eminem. But it would never happen. You know, let's be honest. Ever, ever. ever. It's like the fish in the sea type thing. So, like, and and looking back on it, are there any regrets maybe from that time on the cover you didn't take? Any, any, like, uh, labels you didn't sign with or did sign with? Like, you look back on it maybe with some regrets or no? Um, I think, um, you know, I would have probably – I would have probably signed to Glass Note, mm-hmm. which is where, you know, Childish Gambino, you know, premiered on. I would have signed with them instead of signing with Jive because Jive folded and then I got moved to RCA right after. Um, that was one thing I, I would have wow. probably done instead of going to Jive. Another thing I would have probably done was put out music in 2009, but I was trying to, you know, I was just thinking, I wasn't following the regular tropes of an artist. I was trying to do the full soundtrack for... Need for Speed, um, right. Shift. That's where I fell in love with you. Those fucking random eighties fucking soundtracks. All right, Cronin, yeah. don't make it weird, Matt. Yeah, that was what a, what a term to choose to say. That's where I fell nah, in love with you. I was I was creating I created like a ten song project that I wanted to just go directly to EA Sports, right. Right. and you know. I, you know, I, I just jumped the gun, you know what I'm saying? And by doing that, I kind of alienated my fan base while I was touring and I didn't put any music out for 2009. So when 2010 came around, you know, I was already behind my classmates, so to speak, by a year. You know what I'm saying? Currency right. had put his album out. Wale had put his album out. Cuddy had dropped the, uh, his album. Yeah. You know, everybody had put something out except for me. And I was, because I was trying to do this big thing with EA and it, and it fell through. Um, so I wouldn't have done that. I would have just put music out. You know, if I'd have, if I'd have capitalized on that in 2009, there would have been, a, it would have, it would be a completely different conversation. I would say that like 2008, 2009, which we talked about, like, it was such a weird time, man. Cause like you had, we always talk about it now, the regrets we had and like, like you, you had MySpace taken off. YouTube wasn't big yet. You were in a weird position. Like, do you put videos out? Do you not put videos out? So, like, right. 2009 was real weird. The 06 to 09 era was strange because you felt like videos were done, but at the same time, you needed videos out, right? Yep. So, like, was there ever, like, a, all right, I got a song, I got a single, but, like, this isn't the route I need to go. But 
at the same time, should I go this route? Like, and were you always trying to keep up with the people on your magazine? Did you feel like it was a competition? Um, when I did, okay. So the first question, as far as, far as videos go, like mm -hmm. when we shot the when I shot the rocking and rolling video, our mm -hmm. only concern was to get that video on MTV Jams. When right. we got it on MTV Jams, that was that kind of was a very big thing because I think we were like. I think I was like number two or number three on that show with me and the cool kids. Um, and then, you know, I didn't have, I didn't, I just didn't have the money to shoot more videos. So I didn't shoot any more videos. It was very difficult to get money to shoot videos. And that right. guy did that video for us for free. Um, but you know, YouTube wasn't as big. I mean, I had at the time, like I caught like 500,000 views off of rocking and rolling. But you know, again, it wasn't the same as being on MTV. So it was a weird transition, like you were saying. Right. As far as um, competition with my peers, I wouldn't say I was trying to compete with them. I was just trying to do some new shit. Like I, I literally just wanted, I wanted you to put on me for speed shift and you just hear me all throughout the radio station when you play the music. That was my mindset. I was like, I want to do this. And yeah. I wasn't at that level yet to you know, have leverage to go to EA Sports, like, this is what I want to do. And they let me down easily, you know what I'm saying? But And they chose, like, two or three records from the project, but they didn't want to take the whole project, you know what I'm saying? Which, you know, and then I was, you know, I was like, all right, well, let me start working on more music for 2010. And that year, I put out three mixtapes. So how'd you veer into then to, like, segue? Because, like, I, I, I know, like, I started watching Battle Rap probably, like, 2006, and I saw your name, like, veer into it, like, in 2015 or whatever. Like, how'd you veer into that angle, the Battle Rap angle, King of the Dot or URL? Um, well, that was more so, like, I always had a love for the culture, you know, as mm -hmm. a fan, so I was always just watching it, you know, and being involved in that community from a, from a fan standpoint. And then, you know, being that I had such strong opinions on it, you know, there were MCs that was like, well, you can't do what I do. And, and obviously that would just lead into me saying, well, yeah, I can. And then, you know. Who is talking shit? Who is talking shit, if you don't mind me? I, mean, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody, everybody that you could potentially think of that I had an issue with at that right. time. Or somebody who I just thought may have lost when these guys feel like I, because of who I am and who I was, I had influence. And my influence swayed people's opinions so people always had you know certain things to say in regards to you know can't do what we can do and you know I, I tried to do it you know two or three times and i feel like you know as someone who has you know done you know incredible things with music you know to jump into that arena and kind of you know stand toe to toe with some of those guys you know it was, it was fun for a while you know what i mean no, that's good, man. Like, it doesn't – as much as people say, like, oh, it's easy to do it, it's not as easy as people think. Like, I mean, you went, like, you went, like, long rounds with people. It's not like this 45-second shit, like, with the WRCs. Now, as a Battle Rap fan, do you prefer the long battles, the 60-minute ones, or the 45-second rounds? Um, I mean, it depends on who it is. I mean, I, uh, you know – if it's somebody who I enjoy watching, I think 60 seconds is not enough time for me to really right. appreciate what they're doing. But, um, you know, I, I used to enjoy the WRC stuff, you know, but I'm not sure, you know, after being conditioned to watch what URL and King of the Dot has been doing over the years, it's kind of difficult to go back to those and watch them with fresh eyes. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like, I appreciate the three-minute round. 
you know, uh, battles nowadays. You don't like the, do you like the unlimited ones or no? You think that's too long? Uh, definitely too long. I just feel like, you know, at some point you got to stop. Right. It's just, it's too much to judge. That's the problem. Right. It's because it's so long. It's like 70, 80, 90 bars. And it's like, all right. Right. You know, you can, you can be impressed by, I I know myself personally, I'm impressed by the skill of it. Like the fact that you could write that much, that quality and then remember all that, like it's very impressive, but at the same time, it kind of drags on and like, you may have this killer punch over here, but then it's just like, you know, eight, nine minutes later, I forgot about that shit already. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, what what battle rappers, like, do you consider... I, I hate to do the whole top five shit, but, like, ones that, like, you consider, like... If, all right, let's say Evo over here. I don't watch battle rap. Who do you give three people to go watch? You know what I mean? Like, which ones do you enjoy the most as far as replay value? Uh, for me, I would say Loaded Lux, Rum Nitty. And uh, Pat Stay. Wow, Pat Stay, you're throwing it out there. Good for you. Yeah, I love Pat Stay. Seriously. Yeah. So, um, one person you'd love to work with you haven't yet. Um, currently, I'm I'm waiting on a Black Thought verse as we speak. Okay. And, uh, I'm waiting on that right now. So that's he's at the top of my list currently. I've worked with pretty much. Like I have a I have a bucket list of like fifteen artists that I have yet to work with yet that I want right. to before I hang it all up and he's at the top of that list. So, you know, like after him, like I would say Rick Ross, who's gonna be on the same record with Black Thought. So, you know, you know, aside from that, you know, the rest is just secretive, you know what I'm saying? But it's nobody that's out of my reach. Like I I, I kinda don't I don't know if I wanna work with a Nas or a Jay Z or anything like that. So why why not? Just curious. Why why wouldn't uh, I you know, I just think my time has passed to reach someone like a Jay. Okay. So and I feel like his style now is just not something that I'm appreciative of. Okay. Currently. I'm just not I Shit, I was in your lane well. in 1998 because I didn't like it either. But whatever. I, I mean, I, I mean, I love Jay. I love Jay, but I just don't think he would ever do anything. So I just right. kind of removed it from my head. So it's like, that's yeah, not gonna happen. You know what I, I mean? So I'm comfortable yeah. with it, though. I mean, that's pretty honest, man. Thanks for being honest. Now, before yeah. before I let you go, bro, I got these. I do this corny ass thing. It's called Gun to Your Head. It's five questions, and people might be watching. Like, this is so corny, but I don't give a shit. I have fun with it, and none of these guys here know the questions I ask. <laughs> it has nothing to do with rap or anything. It's a Gun to Your Head answer, really quick. Are you ready? Absolutely. Sharks or killer whales? <laughs> killer whales. Nice. <laughs> Gushers or fruit by the foot? Neither. Fruit roll-ups? <laughs> Neither. Wow. All right. What? All right. What fruit snack? What fruit snack? I don't eat fruit snacks. They're disgusting. All right. Yeah. Not even Dunkaroos. <laughs> You're killing me. You're gonna kill. I'm gonna just get shot in the head because I ain't taking no fruit snack. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Would you rather win the dunk contest or the three-point contest? Dunk contest. All right. Disco fries or fries at the disco? Rise of the Disco, easily. Nice. <laughs> Frozen Pizza, Elio's or Tombstone? Tombstone. All right, man. Mickey Fax, thanks right. for coming on, bro. Uh, Mickey, that's it. That was it, man. I thought you were going to have more questions. All right, I'm just going. Miller Light or Bud Light? Bud Light, easily. All right, Eminem or Royce? Royce. 
Wow. Ooh. There were four white people here. That's really. <laughs> 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 this interview is over. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, man. Like, I, I, I mean, as, as much as I've listened to Eminem and Royce, Royce be kicking that boy ass, man. I'm sorry, man. Listen, I'll say that they're equal. I really will. I really will. But like not M equal. to me is song wise, song wise, song wise, Eminem is better. You know, man, but, like we're not pure friends. Skill, I don't even know skill. if we're friends. We're not friends now. Like this is <laughs> bad. FIFA or Madden? Madden. All right. Uh NASCAR or golf? NASCAR. <laughs> nice. Hockey or tennis? Hockey. Nice. Gatorade or Powerade? Gatorade. Reese's or Skittles? Reese's. T-shirts or long sleeve? Long sleeve. Um, we got maps or globes? Maps. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my right. God. iPods or MP3 players? Uh, say that one more time. iPod or MP3 player? iPod. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Orange or apples? Apple. Sweatpants or jeans? Oof, jeans. <laughs> I almost wear sweats, but jeans. Wow, I thought he was going to say sweats on that one. Yeah. Doug or Rocket Power? Doug. Family Matters or Fresh Prince? Family Matters. Full House or Fresh Prince? Full House. <laughs> nice. I like Full House, too. John Stamos or Bob Saget? Bob Saget, easily. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, George Carlin or Cat Williams? George Carlin. Richard Pryor or Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy. Fun or not fun? What does that mean? I just, I lost my <laughs> Fun, I guess. <laughs> Coffee or espresso? Espresso. Knicks or Nets? Knicks. Devils or Rangers? Rangers. Tony Romo or Philip Rivers? Tony Romo. Yes! Oh. Yes! Wow. Just made Very good. Sense. Very good. Monopoly or Scrabble? Monop oh, Scrabble. Scrabble. Oh. Scrabble. Categories Ooh. or Parcheesi? Categories. All right. I got I, I'm sorry. I ran out of ideas here, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you go. You go. You go. That was a good. That was a good one, man.